You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call. As tonight, your Indiana Hoosiers defeat Central Arkansas at home 86-53 to in a game where the Hoosiers did not start out very well, giving up 19 points before the first TV timeout, but then went on a huge run and then did the same thing in the second half where they gave up 13 points before the first TV timeout and then went on a huge run uh, and, and really controlled the action, uh, did a lot of good things, which we will talk about. However, it could end up being a victory that proves costly if Rob Finnessy has to miss any time. That is obviously one of the big storylines coming out of tonight. I don't know if we'll hear anything while we're doing the show about his status, but his head collided with the knee of a Central Arkansas player, and he had to leave the game. So we will all, of course, be awaiting word on that. Uh, you know, really kind of the one the one issue tonight that kind of marred what was, uh, you know, otherwise a, a relatively solid performance from Indiana in the game they should have dominated and that they did dominate. I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms, and we're going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. And let's start tonight's show as we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And for tonight's banner moment, I'm going to go back to the very end of the first half. Uh, Devontae Green had the ball there about 14, 15 seconds to go, and he had a little sliver of a driving lane. And for a split second, it looked like he might kind of push it and take an early shot or try and force the action. Instead, he very calmly pulled it out, didn't force it, stayed patient, got himself an open three-point look and drained it, one of many, I think, six threes that he made on the night. Uh, and it ended up putting Indiana, I think, up 16 at the half. And it was great to see him make a patient decision like that. And it's something that has really characterized his play over the last few games. I've noticed many spots where freshman Devontae Green, sophomore Devontae Green might have forced the issue, pushed it a little bit, tried to make a play that, you know, maybe there was a sliver of a chance for it to happen, but it would have to be a home run and instead be a little bit more patient, you know, get some singles, get some doubles. He's been doing that a lot more, and it is leading to much more consistent, solid play over the last few games. Devontae finishes tonight with 19 points, nine rebounds, six assists, had just two turnovers, one, you know, before kind of the end of the game when it was into garbage time. So another really solid performance from Devontae, and I thought that play, that decision that he made there at the end of the first half was really emblematic of kind of the shift in mindset that we're seeing from him, which has been huge for Indiana to add another guard who's playing some solid basketball. So good job by Devontae, and we'll obviously break down his game more as we go through this evening's show. All right, tonight's Hoosier Proud banner moment brought to you, as always, by our friends at Hoosier Proud and Home Field at homefieldapparel.com. You will find the comfiest and most unique licensed IU apparel like the Tri-Blend hoodie that I've told you all about, that I bought, that I love. It's awesome. I highly recommend that you look at it. And also at HoosierProud.com, you will find great state of Indiana-themed apparel, as well as our official Assembly Call logo t-shirts. Both brands, Hoosier Proud and Home Field Apparel, were started by an IU grad, and all apparel at both sites is designed and printed out of Indianapolis. And of course, Christmas is coming up. And if you're watching this live, December 19th is the, the last chance. It's the deadline for being able to ship your goods and get them by Christmas. So if you're listening live right now, we're on the podcast late at night. Uh, you can try and go there and order and hopefully get it by Christmas. If you're listening the day after, I'm not sure if you'll get it by Christmas, but go see if they have an update on the website. Either way, even if you get it a day or two after Christmas, the products are so good. They're still, they, they would still make great, uh, great presents. So go there, whosyourproud.com homefieldapparel.com and order and get a brother get some coupons don't forget to use the promo code assembly at checkout for 15 percent off your order on either site that's promo code assembly at whosyourproud.com and homefieldapparel.com all right well it is time to move the ball find the open man and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team and let's start with andy bottoms andy your bottoms line on tonight's iu victory uh, you know, I would say with a game like this, short of the fantasy injury, it's it's really everything you would expect. A lot of guys got to have, you know, see playing time. A lot of guys got in the scoring column. Uh, and, and for me, I was really impressed with 
uh, certainly not the start of either half, but really the response to to the start of those halves. I mean, in the first half, I, I tweeted this out. I was trying to you know keep track of possessions. I did a, a better job in the first half than the second. But um, you know, at one point in the first half, IU held Central Arkansas scoreless for 15 straight possessions. Now, some of that is them missing shots, but um, you know, credit where it's due to the defense, and that really is where the game swung when. Um, you know, sequence after sequence between, uh, you know, media timeouts, IU, uh, IU really dominated and outscored them 24 to eight over the remainder uh, of the half after that first media timeout. And then, you know, again, came out really sluggish in the second half, really turned it up defensively. Um, I think at one point came close to having 10 straight stops again and over one stretch outscored them 30 to five. I mean, it went from 52 to 40 at the uh, under 16 timeout to I think by the under four, it was 82 to 45. So, you know, a couple of really strong sequences. And the only thing to nitpick um, is just the way that, you know, they started those games and and obviously some concern for Rob. But, uh, I, you know, hopefully it was precautionary, certainly in a game where it, it became obvious you weren't going to need him, uh, particularly with Devontae playing so well. And uh, the good thing for the team is that they've got such a long layoff after this Jacksonville game that hopefully it's it's adequate time to get him checked out and, uh, and healthy, but I think as we've seen with Race Thompson, they're they're taking you know any kind of head injury really seriously as they should, and uh, hope for a speedy recovery with him. But I thought some really really good stretches of defense tonight were really the story in this game from my perspective. Absolutely. All right, Ryan, over to you. Your opening thoughts on tonight's IU victory? Yeah, I look. I I know we're all going to talk about basketball. And we're going to break this game down as we go forward. But uh, seeing that shot of Terry Hutchins seat empty uh, at the IU game really hit me. Uh, Hutch, obviously, if you don't know, was in a car accident on Monday night, is in critical condition at the hospital. Uh, that latest that update I got was he was still in critical condition on Wednesday. Uh, he's a guy that for anybody who's been around the program for the last 20 years or around Indiana in any capacity, you know, Terry Hutchins. And he's just, he's one of those guys who's just an insanely hard worker. He's insanely fair as a journalist. He is smart. He's phenomenal at what he does. Uh, but I got to know him a little bit when I lived in Indiana and worked in Indiana. He was, when I was on the Indiana Daily Student, he was always great to sports media, always reached out to us, always asked us how we were doing, how school was going, um, you know, how the writing was going, offered himself up for any tips or anything that he could have done, which was in contrast to a lot of other guys who worked in the, in the area. They just looked at us as we were kids playing a game. We didn't take it seriously. Hutch knew differently. He knew we all loved what we did and, and wanted to, to do it professionally. Um, he was just a phenomenal guy. Had a really dry sense of humor. Really just, you know, funny guy. Cool to be around. Uh, and every time I've gone back and said hi to him, he's just been as nice as possible. Even if he probably doesn't even remember who I am or remember that I met him when I was in college. Uh, but I've never heard anyone say a bad word about Hutch. And so thoughts and prayers are obviously with his family and with him and hoping he can have a full recovery. But, you know, seeing that empty seat that they left open for him really, really hit me hard. So, uh, you know, and this is a season where I know Hutch would love covering this team. And I'm sure he was loving covering this team because it's really fun. And these guys are really good. And so here's hoping that he's back and, and healthy and makes a full recovery and, and can be back at some point this season and, and is, you know, can be anywhere at some point this season, but, uh, but, you know, can eventually make a full recovery and be back. So thoughts and prayers out to Hutch and his family and, uh, you know, just a great guy and a really, really sad story. And I'm sorry, I'm bringing the show to a screeching halt, but I, I think that's on all of our minds today. No, no, no. I'm, I'm glad you took your time to say that. He's a legend of the beat. And the thing, as you hear, I mean, our, my experience with him has been exactly that. I mean, he's come on the show. He's been incredibly kind and generous, you know, to, to us. And nobody has anything other than just great things to say about him. So, yeah. as you said, you know, thoughts and, and just, you know, prayers and, 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 and all I the mean, best wishes to, to him to make a, a recovery from this. And, and the way it was headed, he was going to be the Don Fisher of writing about Indiana basketball. I mean, he's just going to be one of those guys who was there forever doing it and doing it better than anybody else. So um, really hope that everything's okay, that, that he winds up being okay and, and back on the beat. Yep. Well, it's always tough to transition out of a topic like that, but I think probably, you know, if Hutch were here on the post-game show with us right now, the first thing he'd want to talk about is Romeo Langford, because I think really, you know, obviously the individual performance of Devontae Green, you know, which I mentioned in the Banner Morning, we'll get to, but, you know, this was really, you know, kind of a signature performance from Romeo, at least in terms of, you know, what he did statistically in just the all-around game. You know, it's not going to, you know, <clears throat> go down in the annals because of the opponent, um, but you look at Romeo, 18 points, 
11 rebounds, 5 assists. And I thought he really came out tonight, Andy, and really had a mindset of creating for his teammates. Because I think he had three of those assists within the first four, five, six minutes of the game. He, he had a lot of them early. You know, He looked for his offense a little bit more you know, toward the end of the half. Um, and then in the second half, and we saw him score in a variety of ways. You know, he hit some jump shots. He had some nice drives to the bucket. You know, didn't hit any threes, which we'd love to see go down. But, you know, and then, you know, what I thought was impressive, didn't like that he was in the game at the end. Maybe we can talk about that later. But he hustles after an offensive rebound when some Central Arkansas guys are just standing around, you know, and it would have been easy for him to just take that play off. So, you know, I thought overall we saw so many of the things tonight that make Romeo special, uh, and he gets that double-double with 18 points, 11 rebounds. A lot to like from his game tonight. Yeah, I think any with injuries to this team, everybody's holding their collective breath, seeing him on the floor uh, there toward the end. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a good good showing for him overall. He had some uh, really nice mid-range jump shots coming off of screens. I think you saw at times a little bit more of him getting the ball in the middle of the floor that, that Archie had talked about. And um, but, but I agree with you. He really came out uh, assertive at the beginning, but assertive in a way that was trying to get other guys involved. And and you're right. I think he had three assists by the first, by the first media timeout, although that came like seven minutes into the game. But, yeah. um, you know, at that point, you know, he had, he had three assists ended with five, but, uh, yeah, a really strong all around performance had a couple blocks. I thought played, uh, you know, some solid defense during those stretches where IU was really successful defensively. And, uh, again, just showed that kind of effortless ability to get to the basket that, that we've, uh, become accustomed to in his his short time so far at IU, but uh, yeah, definitely a good game. And I think uh, at least on the offensive end of things, uh, where there'd been a lot of discussion about how tentative some of the guys were coming out at the beginning of the game, these sluggish starts. I thought offensively that was certainly not a problem. The defensively uh, left a bit to be desired, but uh, you know IU was really you know attacking quite a bit uh, in the beginning, trying to really you know make some passes, thread the needle a little bit too much, you know, getting guys going to the basket. But I thought. Um, at least offensively, there was more of a sense of urgency at the beginning of the game than maybe we've seen uh, in some of these other slow starts. Yeah, Ryan, what did you take away from Romeo's night tonight? Well, I thought you were going to come on here and rail against him taking uh, long twos and not being efficient. So uh, I'm, I'm no Romeo can take. I mean, Romeo can take those twos because he can make them. I'm still mad at Al Durham for dribbling a half step inside the three point line and taking that one long two. Yeah, that'll happen. Uh, Shouldn't. But I, I know. Uh, but yeah, Romeo, eighteen points, eleven rebounds, five assists, two blocks, and only one turnover. I thought that was the the key. There was the one turnover. He he really, for as much passing as he was doing on the interior, and and you know he wasn't just pa- just tossing it around the perimeter. He was looking to attack with his passes. And I know that sounds weird, but there's ways guys can attack the defense with passes as opposed to having to only do it off the dribble. And, and I thought that that's what he was doing. And uh, yeah, the three pointers weren't going. I thought he forced all three of them. Uh, I didn't think really, I, th- I think he's almost thinking like I have to make threes when he really doesn't because of the way he attacks. And if he gets to the line and makes his free throws, he did tonight. He was four, four. Uh, then it doesn't really matter if he, if he's able to, uh, to hit threes or not, he just needs to be able to attack. And especially when somebody like, uh, Devonte Green, who I'm sure we'll talk about next, is hitting threes. That's really doesn't need to be part of, of Romeo's game. He just needs to attack off the dribble, move the ball, cut, and and do what he does. And and I think that one of the most impressive things I've seen out of him this year isn't just his confidence going to the hoop and his maturity as a player and his offensive maturity to know that well, if I want to score, I don't just have to drive it every single time or fire up a shot. I can actually work within the system, get my shots that way. And by getting other people involved, it's going to make life easier for me. He actually realizes that. But what was really impressive to me tonight was how hard he was cutting off of everything. And that was how he got open for a lot of his points. It was just by making nice cuts and getting the ball in the position he wanted to get it into and then driving off of that. So really impressive night from Romeo, as always. I mean. He is who he, he he is this fantastic player and we should enjoy every time we get him. I did think it was funny how he had like that uh the one dunk he had off the inbounds play. He was it was an angry dunk because he mm-hmm. missed a shot the play before and he got that <laughs> he got that dunk off the inbounds just like I mean he is he's not a super emotional guy, but you could just see he was angry and threw down that two-handed dunk off that inbounds play, and that was great. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> Andy, uh, before we break, let's talk real quick about Devontae a little bit more, get your guys' thoughts. The one thing I didn't mention about his game, he had four steals, and he had really quick, active hands um, today, especially on guys driving to the basket and was able to poke out and get some steals. But he was he was outstanding tonight, and, and I thought he was really good against Butler. He's stacking some good performances up now 
they're starting to give you a little bit more confidence going forward that this guy that we hope to see as a junior, maybe we'll start to see him. Yeah, I thought he, uh, one of the many astute observations from Sean Morris was about uh, a couple times in his defense where he really slid his feet well and cut off drive. Uh, and, and that was one area that IU really at the beginning of the game struggled with. They let some baseline drives get through, it led to uh, some easy baskets. And I thought he did a good job of, uh, of you know, sealing things off. And I think, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's funny as you watch these guys, you get a little bit into their career um, and you're able to to hearken back a little bit to the comments they made before. We've done this a lot with Juwan, his comments about leadership. You kind of see what he's become. You know, Devontae was a guy who came in and said, I want to be the best defender in the Big Ten. And and he's shown that ability in flashes. And I thought, um, you know, so much of what, what IU wants to do defensively starts with good pressure on the ball. And when he's playing uh, the point so much with Finnessy out, uh, that, that burden really fell on him. And I thought he did a nice job of that uh, overall during the course of the game. Ryan? Yeah, I, I think, you know, De- Devontae almost had a quad five. He had he had 19 points, uh, nine rebounds. I thought he rebounded from the get-go really well. He's just he's a guy who's willing to just mix it up with anybody, which I think is kind of a really good trait for this team to have is just somebody who's not afraid to go in there, and it sort of sets the tone when the shortest guy on the floor is grabbing rebounds in the middle of the paint. Um, also, six assists, four steals, one block, and only two turnovers. Uh, that's just a really good game i mean he was he was for me i'm 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 spoiler alert he's my game ball i mean it's I, he just was the best player on the floor for indiana for most of the game he's not better than romeo but he was playing better and he and he picked his spots too he's six of ten from three uh he didn't try and force any sometimes when Devonte gets out of sync he tries to drive and throw up crazy layups and things like that he didn't do that tonight he was more within himself and the three pointers he was taking were off reverses or a dribble up where nobody stepped up to him and he was wide open that's the game those are the games where he plays really well when he just kind of pulls back on the craziness and just kind of plays solid and it was a really good performance i thought it was a really good performance against butler as well i think that this is a guy who and aside from the four turnovers uh, in like four minutes in the was it the Louisville game, um, he'd been he's been pretty darn good. And this is a guy you're going to need in Big Ten play. You're going to need a guy when the offense is kind of stagnant to make plays. And Devonte Green is a playmaker. He makes things happen. He makes things happen for himself and other people. And that's really important. And if he's doing that without turning it over, without taking bad shots, that's a guy who's really important to this team and, and can be really effective. Yep. All righty, coming up here as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's victory over Central Arkansas, I will point out tonight's meaningful moment you might have missed, and then we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You are listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I am Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms, and we are breaking down Indiana's victory over Central Arkansas tonight at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. It is time for tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed. One guy that we haven't talked about yet is Justin Smith, who I thought had a very strong first half. He had 10 points. You know, I talked about on the halftime report how uh, you know seeing he and Devonte really get going offensively. That was one of the things I wanted to see in this game. Uh, and you really saw it there in the first half. And Justin, you know, w- was really active. And the moment that I want to go back to is when he had two straight transition buckets in the first half. And it, you know, came on the heels of a couple of, uh, you know, really questionable transition decisions. I would say uh, by Indiana, there was one in particular. Um, it was somebody in, in Deron Davis, and they just, you know, they totally mixed it up, and it just didn't look good. And it, uh, you know, I went to Synergy and looked at the transition numbers. We are currently in the 22nd percentile nationally in terms of points per possession and transition opportunities, which obviously isn't good. The one guy who does have pretty good efficiency numbers in transition is Justin Smith. Now, part of that is because he's never the ball handler. He's a wing and he's pretty much just finishing. So he's not turning the ball over. But, you know, I thought we saw in the first half. Justin, get back on offense to doing the things that he does well, which is getting out in transition, you know, being a cutter and getting offensive rebound putbacks because all five of his buckets were layups. And those two possessions in particular, he did a great job of getting wide, you know, providing an angle for the pass to come in 
and finished. Uh, you know, one of the passes was from Romeo, and so it was really good to see. In the second half, you know, Justin didn't score, and we saw a couple of times, you know, him get the ball on the wing and try to make a couple of moves dribbling-wise, and, you know, the first time he did it, he traveled, you know, and I wrote in my notes, stop dribbling. And this is something that we've talked about on previous shows that when he really focuses on, you know, those things he's good at, you know, in transition uh, and really the things where he can get offensive opportunities without needing to put the ball on the floor, he's been pretty efficient. But when he's been putting the ball on the floor, it's led to a lot of the turnover issues that he's had. So he never really got in the flow in the second half. And, you know, that's somewhat understandable given, you know, kind of how the half went. But it was nice to see in the first half, you know, him kind of get going there. Um, Andy, your thoughts overall on what Justin brought to the table tonight? Well, I think we've talked a lot about him, you know, really before he had, you know, had these these last couple of games where he's he's played a lot better about the need to really find ways to get him out in transition. And I thought that was exactly what happened in the first half, that he was doing a good job. And he was also you know, making some cuts along the baseline and guys were really finding him, as you said, right by the basket pretty much every time. I think there were some other uh, looks that guys had trying to get him the ball again in the lane and, and you know, either he wasn't able to come up with it, the pass wasn't great. So those, a, a few turnovers came off of, uh, off of those kinds of things. But, um, you know, while you watch him in the Butler game, be able to step out and make a couple of shots. I mean, I think by and large over the course of the season, when he's been successful, it's been, uh, you know, due to transition and when the defense was really playing well. So, uh, you know, those kinds of things are always going to be a good sign for him. And, and again, probably another confidence building performance. Uh, if you kind of think about where he was uh, overall, it didn't rebound as well. The guards really you know, did a lot of the heavy lifting uh, from a rebounding perspective, but uh, you know, I thought he was solid overall and he only played 21 minutes, which is a, a little bit surprising, but I think they just were, you know, sequences in the second half. The game's not close. Uh, let him sit a little bit, but uh, yeah, I thought overall, you know, solid game. Uh, not necessarily spectacular, but uh, don't really you know have a lot to nitpick with with how he played. Yeah, did anything stand out to you, Ryan, from Justin? Well, I think part of the reason I think he didn't play much in the second half. They were trying to mix Fitzner in. They were trying to mix Forrester in. They were trying to mix uh, Clifton Moore in. So really, that last ten minutes or so, he didn't really play. And then he, he also in. had a couple of rough possessions defensively too. Yeah, which might and, have contributed to it. And and then they brought him in at the end for the last you know for a really late stretch there. Um. But yeah, no, I thought this was another confidence building game, as, as Andy said. I mean, uh, if you look at guys like Justin Smith and uh, Devontae Green, I know a lot early in the season, a lot of Indiana fans being, you know, let's face it, we have kind of an overreactionary fan base, and they said some pretty awful things about these guys. Well, tonight's performance is why you don't throw players away after 10 games or eight games. You don't pull a scholarship, as I read someone say about Justin Smith a few weeks ago. Like, sorry um but it it, like it's these guys get better and they need to develop and they need time on the court to develop and justin smith is a sophomore who is really talented it's going to take some time for him to get to his potential he wasn't a five-star step on campus romeo langford be amazing guy it's gonna take time it took juan morgan time it takes all of these guys time to be better uh, unless you're getting those guys who are straight to the NBA guys or, or two-year guys or whatever. He's a long-term guy, and, and there's a lot of athleticism and a lot of things that are positive about his game, but a lot of things he needs to smooth out. You're right. Ball handling, certainly an issue for him. But you know what? Having that guy who can run the baseline, catch catch a pass and lay it in or dunk it or whatever, get out and transition, outrun everybody and, and make a layup in transition, that's an important role to have. Plus, when you add his length and athleticism to the defensive side of the ball, He's an important guy, and and he's an important guy for Indiana, as is Devontae Green, because of what they bring to the table that nobody else does on this team, or you know, just nobody does at their level. And Devontae Green being able to create offense out of nowhere, that's something this team needs and is going to need at times this year. Justin Smith, having his athleticism defensively, offensively, his ability to rebound, didn't rebound great tonight, but as Andy said, the guards really took care of rebounding tonight. But you look at the last couple games, he's rebounded very well. Uh, and again, finishing around the hoop, he has gotten that confidence back. We've seen him kind of step out on the floor and take some shots as well. The last couple games that again, slowly building that confidence up based on where he was three weeks ago and what people were saying and talking about and where he is now. This is a very positive progression. He's building up positive momentum heading into the big 10 season. That's what you want. And guess what? We've said all year, don't judge this, this team. Don't judge these players until we start big 10 play in January. Well, we're getting there, and you're starting to see what this team is made of, what these players are made of. Now they just need to make it become more consistent. 
uh, at doing the right things, which hopefully happens. But we'll see. But this is, again, these players need to develop. They need to be on the floor, and they need to get time in the system, time with each other, all of that stuff. And when you have injuries, when you have guys have a slump or whatever, they kind of fall out. Of, you know, it gets out of whack. And, and so give these guys time to figure it out. All right, let's go inside the numbers. Andy, the the first couple of numbers jumped out to me. One, Indiana 9 of 24 from three-point range. You know, probably settled for a few too many. I don't know that we want to be taking that many three-pointers. You know, it's a little out of whack when we're taking 20, uh, 24 three-pointers and only 10 free throws. That's not how we want it, but also this game flow was, you know, was a little bit strange. So, you know, that that, that kind of explains a little bit of it. But 37.5% from three. You know, once again, that's pretty close to what our season average is. If we end the season right around there where we've been, I think we would all take that, you know, given given where we were. So it was nice to see, you know, yet another game where we saw solid three-point shooting, buoyed, obviously, big time by Devontae Green, six for 10. And the other one, Andy, that stood out is 25 assists on 36 made baskets. Um, and, and while I thought the spacing at times got a little bit out of whack for the most part, you know, I thought there was a lot of movement offensively. Um, you know, and you had guys obviously like, uh, you know, like Romeo and Devontae that we've talked about that were really looking to create for their teammates. Jawan Morgan had four assists. So uh, usually when Indiana is, you know, has a good assist rate, the offense is humming pretty well. And I thought for most of the night we saw that. Yeah, the assist number was was really what I was really stuck out, and that was consistent throughout the entire game. I mean, even early in the game, you know, they were trying to make some difficult passes, but they were trying to get the ball to guys cutting to the basket and and really trying to attack and make plays off of that. So once they really reined in the turnovers, which you know they didn't make one for I think the last fourteen, thirteen or fourteen minutes of the first half, and then uh, again it was almost you know another seven or eight minutes I think in the second half before they made one. There a few few of them. Uh, you know, came late in the game to end up with 12. But, uh, you know, overall, I thought that got under control, which was a, uh, you know, which was a big deal. And and the overall assists and the ball movement, I thought was really good. Um, you know, got him 48 points in the paint, but also shot a good percentage from three-point range. So decent balance there. I'd agree with you that probably under normal circumstances, you wouldn't necessarily want to take 24 threes. But, um, you know, most of the ones were uh, were good looks. Devontae, you know, certainly heated up pretty quickly and, uh, and did that. And, you know, again, a few of those kind of come uh, late in the game, as guys are, uh, you know, just shooting that way. Uh, I think guard rebounds, we talked about that a, a lot with, you know, Romeo with 11, Devontae with nine. Um, you know, that's a, a pretty big number for, uh, you know, for those guys. Uh, overall rebounding was uh, was pretty solid. Didn't give up, you know, only gave up four second chance points, which not what you, you know, certainly wouldn't expect to do that a lot against uh, Central Arkansas. I'll leave the uh, the free throw number kind of off there. Uh, only shot 10, <laughs> just made five. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, overall, yeah, I, yeah, the assist number was what really stood out, stood out to me uh, as I looked it over. Brian, you love numbers. What stood out to you? I do. Uh, 31.3% <laughs> from the field for uh, Central Arkansas shooting. Uh, that is big. And, and that's it, it, sort of what Indiana's been doing to teams all year. They've been making it hard. And, and that shows that the defense is there. This is a team that, that actually shot pretty well from three coming in. They And they shot pretty well from three in the game. They shot 39%, which is if you're Central Arkansas, that's what you want to shoot. 39 to 40% is your target. But Indiana made up for it by making it tough for them on twos. Uh, they only made 11 twos in the entire game. Uh, so it was just... And, and they kept Central Arkansas off the free throw line, four of six from the free throw line for them. So two big numbers. And then the other one for Indiana is they just, they shot 56.3% from the field. Uh, and they continue to shoot over 50%. It seems like every game they're shooting over 50% from the field and have a really high percentage on twos. So uh, just, uh, yeah, I thought offensively and defensively, it just everything sort of came together tonight. They played really good defense. You're right. That first, you, you mentioned that first four minutes, but it was pathetic. I mean, it, it was, was really bad. bad defense. <laughs> it was bad. And then if you look at that, they gave up 19 points in that first, timeout stretch how many did they give up for the rest of the game was it 34 points the rest of the game after that mm -hmm. that's pretty good so they really locked in they focused and they forced a lot of bad shots from central arkansas yeah i mean so if you if you, you take know. out the the first stretch but you know before the first media timeout of each half i think IU gave up 32 of the 53 points in those two sequences yep. so 21 points for the other you know, 16 plus the, the first half really didn't come to about 13 minutes. You know, the 29 minutes of the game is, is pretty impressive. All right. So, I mean, that in and of itself is an important number. So what do we think about the way this team is starting? Uh, uh, you know, Andy, I mean, obviously they came out and offensively it was better. 
But it seems like one part of the team is just broken to start a game. <laughs> you know, I mean, like at Penn State, we don't score a point, so the offense is broken. Tonight, the defense is totally broken. And yeah, you know, in an isolated situation, you could say, okay, they just had the big Butler win. They're kind of looking past this game. They started out sluggish. But this is becoming a trend almost every single game. And granted, it hasn't, you know, bit them in the rump because they've been able to come back and they've been able to close. But, you know, they're playing with fire, continuing to start out like this. And so... You know, we we talked before, okay, you know, maybe you change up some things offensively and, you know, you, you attack more with Romeo and Jawan. Well, again, the offense was better, but clearly just mentally they didn't have it to start this game. What can be done about this? How concerned do you think we should be about this? I mean, at, at some point, it, it's certainly becoming a pattern and it makes you, uh, you know, really makes you, you wonder what's going on with that. It was funny to see... You know, one of the meaningful moments I thought you might bring up was Archie calling that timeout so early in the second half where, you know, he started to see the same thing happening again and wanted to try to, uh, you know, wanted to try to, you know, nip it in the bud. I don't know whether that actually worked because I think they gave up, uh, a, yeah, I think they gave up score a score in the next possession, but then maybe after that they really started to, you know, kind of lock things in defensively. But I think he could see it, which, you know, I guess is a good thing in, in terms of, you know, having a, a finger on the pulse of the team. But, I, yeah, I mean, it'd be lying if it said it wasn't a little bit concerning. This is certainly a hard, you know, hard game to get up for. You've also got, you know, you're coming off of finals, all those kinds of things where this is not the most exciting game. And then I think in the first half proved, you know, you can kind of do whatever you want, score wherever you want, get the ball wherever you want. And and maybe that leads to it happening in the second half. And that's why he wanted to, you know, you know try to put a stop to it early on. But uh, it, it is certainly a little odd at least as you start you know start looking at it that you're really allowing teams that you're much better than to get a little bit of confidence early that confidence was subsequently ripped away and uh you know things really went downhill from there but it's a it's a pattern for sure at this point i just don't know that there's anything you know specific to to call out to do it you know to do about it i think he yanked um al pretty early in the uh in the game and put Devonte in. he had a couple turnovers earlier so i think he's trying to you know make make points to guys who really aren't are off to a slow start. I think Al had a couple turnovers and let a guy drive baseline by him on the first, you know, within the first like minute of the game and he got yanked out. So, uh, you know, I think his radar is certainly up to, you know, to watch for guys who aren't off to a good start and then trying to figure out what to do about it from there. Yeah. What do you think, Ryan? I, I think part of it is being warmed up going into the game. Maybe they need to get a little looser getting into the game because it, it appears like they're kind of stiff coming out and maybe that's yeah. just, in shoot around and warm ups, maybe going a little harder and getting a sweat going. Uh, but also, I think it's just focus and it's just being focused right off the get go. And, you know, and the away game at Penn State, that's an away game in a dead arena. Focus is going to be difficult. So you could excuse that. Again, playing these guys, it, you know, you're going to win. So focus is going to be off a little bit. That's just, just human nature. But the Butler game, there's no excuse for not having focus there. The Louisville game, no excuse for not having focus there. I mean, they're, there are other opportunities here that they've shown that they're kind of just slow starters. I, I said this week that I would rather have them be slow starters and good finishers than the other way around. But at the same time, I'd really like to have them start and finish. Well, that'd be really nice for, you know, my health. But uh, I, I think that you, you, you know, every team has a wart and, and, you know, has many warts usually. And this feels like it's one of them. And, I'm okay with it if they get better at instead of having their slow start seep into the first 16 minutes of the game, it's really just the first four. You know, if they can kind of dial that back and, and sort of snap back quickly, maybe it's something they can build on and eventually start a game on a nice run. Uh, but for now, that just seems to be this team's, you know, a bugaboo for this team. And uh We'll see. I I mean, if you do that when you play on the road in the Big Ten, you get down. 10, 15 early, that's not easy to come back from. I mean, it's not easy to come back from against a Louisville or a Butler either, and they figured it out, but it's almost like they're playing with fire uh, with starting slow against some of these teams. So eventually it's going to come back to bite them if they keep doing it. You know, just like we're going to need your rundown of when it's acceptable to start a basketball game, like what time is acceptable, we're also going to need your rundown of when a team should come out motivated and when it's okay for them to come out and not it's be focused. Never, it's, never, it's never okay to come out unmotivated, but it's just human nature that it happens. I mean, it happens to high school teams where you play a team that you're not that interested in or you play it 
at four o'clock instead of seven o'clock. I mean, I from playing high school sports, from what from covering high school sports, I could predict before the game started what was going to happen in that game because it's just it's it's human nature and it's just like every single noon Saturday start of college basketball or Sunday even start. It's always there sloppy. Are. There like, we are. There we are. It's always <laughs> sloppy. Like when drink. Like, when, when was when did you have you seen a great start? To a noon game on a Saturday or Sunday, it it never happens. It's sloppy. These guys are geared towards playing at night, and they play you play during the day, and it's ugly. It just is. I don't know what it is psychologically, but the evidence is there. And and so yeah, I I don't just like there should always be forty eight hours between games. I'm sorry, you should not play in season. I mean, uh, if you had a, a tournament or whatever, I don't care, but, but like when you're in the conference season, you need to have 48 hours between games. Jamie in the chat has a very important question. When is it okay to sleep through the Monday show? When, it, when who would have, who's ever done that? Jerry's <laughs> ever done that. Nobody would ever do that. Uh, all right. On that note, let's go, let's go to the next segment <laughs> coming up on the assembly call. We continue our breakdown of Indiana's victory over central Arkansas. We need to talk about Al. We need to talk about Zach. We need to talk about Evan. Still lots to cover here on this edition of the assembly call. So stick with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night and Monday afternoon at our website, assemblycall.com. And while you're there, make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 6,000 of your fellow IU fans are subscribed. It will make you a smarter and more well-informed IU fan. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms, and we are breaking down Indiana's big victory over Central Arkansas tonight at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. So... Let's talk real quick, Ryan, about, you know, Coach in the chat mentioned one thing that Archie might consider would be maybe Zach McRoberts back into the starting lineup. You know, we saw Al really struggle tonight. Andy, you know, you mentioned that that he got pulled really quickly because of those turnovers. And I thought tonight, you know, Zach offensively, you know, still not really looking for a shot, not able to get much done on the offensive end. But I did think that Indiana's defense looked noticeably better when he was on the court. And I don't know that he's totally back to being Zach McRoberts defensively. Still doesn't look quite as quick as we've seen him. But I thought he looked better. Is that something that that you might consider, especially if Al's struggles, who we're going to talk about in a minute, especially if his struggles continue? Ryan? Oh, that was for me. I'm sorry. I thought that was for Andy. I was responding to something in the chat. Uh, no, I through my comment again. Yeah, I know, right? What uh, we're going to need is for you to actually pay attention when you're being asked a question. Sorry, I was trying to help our fans out with some answers in, in the chat. There, Don't I'll be honest, I wasn't listening to what Jared was saying. <laughs> I wasn't listening to anything Jared said there. Uh, no, I look, Zach. He looks like a guy who's had a back injury, and and he's just he looks stiffer than usual. Uh, he, I, my my concern isn't his defense, and and I know you've been down on his defense a little bit the last couple weeks. I really haven't. I think he's been fine. I think he's been decent. He's now he's not as exactly. Good, he's been as fine. He's he been decent. That's exactly been my point. Yeah, but you've kind of been like, eh, I don't know. I, you know, I'm pretty sure those are the exact words I've used, thing, actually. I, no, I, I think he's been good. I think he's been good. I, I just don't think he's been at the level he was at last year, but that's natural for a guy coming off an injury. Uh, so I don't think we're at where we're going to be at with Zach. My my concerns are all offensive with him. I, I just He just looks so has He shot a three tonight, and you could tell it was because everybody had been telling him to shoot a three. Like, he did not step into it confidently. He just kind of hucked it up like he was shot putting it I, it just it didn't look good and and i that's definitely in his head offensively uh but i i just think that he adds a lot when he's on the floor now should he start no i don't think so i think that time has passed and, and i think there are other guys who are stepping up that are playing better than him but to have he, two rebounds three assists a steal and he's a guy who gets on the floor and does things like that so i he's a guy you need he's the kind of guy you need to have on your team it's just a question of how much can he play with really offering you nothing offensively. But I think he's a guy you can also bring in if you've got a five to seven point lead and you need to get stops. I think he can help you. And he can at least, even if he can't stop a guy one-on-one, he can be really annoying on the court defensively because he's a guy who, when you come off a screen hoping to be wide open, you're not going to be. He's going to be right on your hip. And 
he's just very good at finding his way through screens and and you know playing defense the right way and getting to where he needs to get on the floor regardless of what kind of action they're running against him so he's a guy who i think he's going to get better i think he's going to warm into this season it really i i don't i think people are really underestimating the timing of the injuries for Devonte and zach and what they did because you know you kind of build to the season and they were kind of building in practice to being ready and being 100 percent at the beginning of the season and being you know in game shape and all that stuff and then boom Right when the season starts, essentially, they lose both of them. And they essentially had to restart that process of getting game ready because they were out for a couple games. And so it's it's really taking some time. And it's also been in games, they've been trying to work them back in games in the end needed to win. So they weren't going to just throw them out there if they weren't ready because Indiana needed to win some of these games and and you know, sort of put them in the bank early. Uh, so I, I think that's part of it. They really had to ease them back in instead of really giving them a lot of run early. Uh, so yeah, I think that he's gonna he's gonna warm up to his situation just like I think Devonte is starting to. But I wanted to note someone in the chat mentioned that uh, Zach is shooting less than he ever really has, and the numbers do back that up. His shot percentage is four point four percent right now, which is last year it was seven point three percent. So he's never been a guy who's shot a lot. But it's you know kind of what the eye test what we've what we've all kind of seen the numbers certainly back it up and he's just not looking at the basket at all and that like you said makes him an offensive liability. Uh, Andy, your thoughts on on Zach and then also some of the struggles that we've seen from Al. Yeah, I mean I don't know that I have too much to add on on McRoberts. I, I you know I just felt like he wasn't you know he had the one nice drive where he kicked it out to Devonte and I thought that was you know interesting to see him really try to put the ball on the floor in in a scenario like that because it's not really something you you expect from him so I thought that was good but in general I thought he was more active on the defensive end and uh was certainly a part of some of those you know long defensive you know stands that I you had but overall just got to get him to look at the basket and I think when you start you know trying to figure out lineup combinations I think there's just certain guys that you're really going to struggle to find opportunities to play him with um I think you know to a certain extent Al might be one of those guys I, I thought he it was kind of a mixed bag from from him. I mean, he ends up with nine points, um, but took him eight shots to do. It was just one of four from three. I thought it was pretty effective when he was going to the basket. And at times, really, you know, if you want to nitpick the 24 threes, um, you know, I don't, does he need to shoot four? I, I don't know. Um, but I, I thought he was, he was okay, but it was definitely, um, you know, three turnovers. I think that was the you know highest on the team. He had those two within the first couple minutes. So, you know, that was a struggle. And I think it wasn't necessarily, you know, as you guys have kind of you know brought up, even listening to the the show after the Butler game. Like, there's you're starting to see patterns of certain matchups that he, uh, you know, may not be best for him. I didn't necessarily think tonight fit one of those that he would struggle with. But I thought. Um, you know, again, I think if the more he can attack the basket, the better. Um, his three point shot is better, but I still don't know that it's a point where you know you, you, he's a guy you want taking, uh, you know, four per game, uh, especially when Devonte was shooting as well as he did tonight. But I think it's, um, you know, I just think from a lineup flexibility standpoint, I just don't know that you can play him and Zach together, and so you start to kind of hamstring yourself a little bit when you're trying to figure out what combinations you can use. And you know, tonight was a game to experiment with a few of those kinds of things, but um, you know, overall. You know, I I also think in addition to the matchup, I also think it's important to you know kind of know who he's on the floor with and and how well they can complement what he does bring to the table. You know, I I feel kind of like it has felt like Justin Smith has really been struggling to kind of get comfortable offensively and find his rhythm, find his role. I feel like kind of the same thing with Al. Uh, you because you're right, Andy. Like we've talked about some of these matchups that he struggled with tonight wasn't that, but you know he comes out. You know, has those two turnovers. You know, someone asked me on Twitter, like, why is Al making these lazy passes? Like, it's not lazy passes, but they are at times awkward. Like, they feel like a guy who just doesn't quite feel comfortable in the offense. And like, there was one time, you know, Jawan kind of cut and he threw this like weird, awkward pass. It was almost like he was just trying to get rid of the ball, but it was a second or two, you know, too early. He didn't let Jawan finish his cut so he could get him the ball in a place where he could do something with it. And so, and, I, you know, Al, what we saw from him last year is when he's going downhill, attacking the basket, you know, kind of playing by instinct, not thinking, you know, shooting it with either hand. Like, he can be really good when he's just a jump shooter and then overthinking things. It feels like it takes him out of his rhythm offensively. And so I just, it feels to me like he just hasn't quite gotten comfortable yet. And, and part of that is playing with Romeo because if someone's going to be driving to the basket, it's going to be Romeo. 
And I just feel like Al, to me, hasn't quite gotten comfortable in a role where he's supposed to be a little bit more of a floor spacer because that was never really his role coming in. Um, so, I, I, you know, like other guys have, I think he's just still learning how to adjust to that. And the last few games have been rough for him. So hopefully that's something that he can, you know, kind of get comfortable with and 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 snap out of here as we move forward. Because he's, you know, Indiana doesn't have enough guard depth to not, you know, to have, uh, like we said earlier, you know, one of its guards just not giving them anything. Um, Ryan, what do you think about Evan Fitzner tonight? He actually led the team in plus minus at thirty one. Um, you know, had five points, had four boards. It was a, you know, th- I mean, this is the kind of matchup that he's gonna be pretty successful in. So I don't know that we really learned anything, but it was nice to see him get out there and. Uh, you know, do some positive things offensively. Yeah, and I thought he actually probably could have fired some more threes. Uh, he had, he certainly had a couple opportunities, and it looked like I think Archie sort of wanted them to run the offense. And there were a couple times early in the offense he looked like he could pop, but I think it would have been one of those things where if he popped it early in the offense, Archie and, and missed. Archie might have yanked them off the floor, so he kind of you know moved the ball around and. Yeah, he was he was he was fine. He was what he was. I mean, he's not going to light up the scoreboard in Big Ten play, but he is going to be able to do some things with his length. I think four rebounds, and it looked like he could have probably had a couple more, but he really needs to get better at grabbing the ball. Uh, I, he also had an assist on a really nice pass on the inside, but he's uh, he's a guy who you know when he gets open looks in Big Ten play, he's going to have to hit them, and, and and the reason why is because. That's sort of why they brought him in. It was, just, it was to stretch the floor because they don't have a ton of guys who can do that. And, and so when he does get those looks when they're not playing Central Arkansas, he needs to not only take them, he needs to make them. And he also needs to not pump fake, take one dribble in and make them. He needs to do what he was doing earlier in the year, pump fake, pull back, and, and shoot the three as opposed to a long two, which I know drives you nuts. I just want to give a quick shout out to the YouTube user in the chat named Bear's Mouth. Sometimes you are just walking into a bear's mouth. Hat, hat tip to that guy because that's awesome. Uh, Andy, your thoughts? Yeah, I thought I thought Ryan touched on a couple of things that stood out to me. One, he seemed more reluctant than he has over the beginning part of the year to pull the trigger, which which was weird because he actually, is a little concerning. Well, I, he seemed reluctant, but he actually seemed more comfortable in the game to me. Just reluctant yeah. to pull the yeah. trigger on the three, which was weird. It, it's a, it was a weird combination. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was odd, and then I definitely noticed the rebounding. I mean, there was a lot of times that he just couldn't grab the ball and and you start to think about the physicality of most of the guys you're going to run up against in the Big 10 like that's that's a little concerning but i thought it was a you know a, a decent performance from him he he tried to go inside a couple times wasn't just a guy that was you know stationed on the three point line um and i thought he along with most of the big guys that iu had really struggled defensively with some of the you know kind of pick and pop stuff that that they were really trying to run uh, i forget the name of the big guy that that hit a few threes for uh for central arkansas but they really struggled to kind of recover to him and and gave up some threes that way or if he wasn't the guy that hit the three kind of put everybody else in rotation and the guy on the the other side comes to try to help and then his man hits the three so i thought there were some struggles defensively but yeah i just yeah, he's got to be confident when he goes in because if he's not, it, it's a concern of what he's really going to give you because you're you're really counting on him to to do a handful of things. And if he doesn't look confident in doing those things, then that that starts to become a a little bit of a red flag. But you know, again, it's 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 early, but I think he's you know kind of had an up and down. You know, if you look over the course of his career, that's kind of been up and down. And I think we've kind of seen that over the first part of his uh, you know his IU tenure as well. He might be a guy who just needs to bat balls out on the rebounds, you know, just like just knock them out from, from underneath instead of trying to grab him. Cause he's really not good at grabbing rebounds. So that might be his thing it's to do the Tyson Chandler thing and just, just hammer rebounds out towards the perimeter and hope one of your guys, you know, hopefully in the direction of one of your guys, because you don't want those guys getting rebounds. You don't want your opponents getting rebounds under the hoop. So uh, if you're just volleyballing them, maybe that's better. I don't know, but you're right. Andy. he just has really struggles grabbing rebounds. Anything notable to talk about with Juwan's performance? You know, 10 points, five rebounds, four assists, uh, you know, had a steal and a block. I didn't particularly feel like he was, you know, all in on this game. Kind of, kind of like, he earned a night off. Yeah. I mean, you know, kind of like earlier in the season against Chicago State and Montana State a little bit, you know, it just kind of looked like he kind of eased his way into this game and, uh, you know, was not, was not going all out, but Central Arkansas, please. He's, you know, I know. He's, he, you know, he's an old man. He's picking his spots. Um, I know. Seriously, I, we haven't we haven't even mentioned his name, and we're you know three segments in here. I just I'm not sure. Like if a there's a lot carrying, to say. He looked like it's a guy who was carrying a piano on his back for three hours <laughs> on Saturday. I mean, 
you know, it, it, this was a good chance to get everybody else involved. Quite frankly, you know what Juwan Morgan can do. Yeah, uh, you know he wasn't. He he took one three, and it was kind of a step back, kind of leaning back three. I mean, it, it, they didn't need to throw it down to him in the post and have him go to work. Plus, they had a decent shot blocker down there. Like, get everybody else involved, move the ball around. Yeah. You know, you can just toss it into Juwan, and he can score on the block whenever he wants. Let's see what else these guys can do. And I think that was just sort of the the idea for the game tonight. Yeah, so, so, the, Andy, so the, Andy, this the, is a game the play, that, the play that epitomized that in the first half was that he could score every one. It was they dumped it into him and he basically just bullied that guy and like threw him into the into the stanchion and scored. Yeah, so I mean, that was kind of like a look, if you want me to he, do this, I will, but I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. What did he have in the second half? I mean, he had what, four points in the second half? I mean, it just yeah. it just. Yeah. And he, was, he had that that one great sequence with Romeo where he got the oop from Romeo and then got yeah. the assist to Romeo on the next play. So that was but he nice, only played. But... He only played 21 minutes. I mean, they weren't going to put him back in the game. You know, this was. Uh, yeah, no. Hey, old man. Cool your heels, buddy. Do you, do you have an issue at all with Romeo being out there with two and a half minutes to go? Like, I understand why they wanted to keep a competent ball handler out there because you've got Clifton, you got Jake, you got Demizi. You're not going to really learn anything about those guys unless you have some competent ball handlers. So I get why they were kind of rotating Romeo, Al, and Devontae around. But two and a half minutes left. I, Personally, I, I would have liked to see Romeo just sit the rest of that one out. Well, the other Small thing is, is that with Finnessy out, it kind of yeah. shows who can handle the ball. And, and so I think that you kind of had to. And that you, they were rotating them. Though it wasn't like, you know, Romeo was out there for the full final six minutes. I mean, they were kind of, he was kind of trying to chop the minutes up. And then with about two minutes left, he just uh, emptied the bench. But uh, I mean, roughly two minutes left, he emptied the bench. But yeah, I mean, I get why he had to do it, though. I, I yeah, I don't want to see, you know, if, if Jawan was out there, okay, we got a problem. But, but Romeo is a freshman who can handle the ball. Uh, he hasn't earned the, uh, Maybe he hasn't earned the uh, the the LeBron James treatment with seven minutes left or ten minutes left. You get to just sit the rest of the game. So, but yeah, I think it was a lot of it had to do with Rob because even though Rob's a starter, I think Rob would have been out there late yeah. too with those guys because he's got to get some chemistry with the younger guys that he hasn't played with much just in case something happens later this year. So, uh, like, there's a situation where they all have to be on the floor. But yeah, I mean, I think it really came down to just uh, you know the facts on the ground that they were missing ball handlers and, and they needed somebody to bring the ball up. Should we talk about why uh, Jake Forster should play more after he scored eight points in limited action today? Should we get to that, or do we well, not? We, are we not? Are we not going to run? Not going to do no, that? No, no, we'll get to that next. We'll cover those guys next. I do. By the way, I want to give some props to the folks in the chat mob who are applauding Juwan for getting some rest, saying that he needed to take it easy from a fan base that typically wants players to go all out all forty minutes, and any sign of any kind of lackadaisicalness will draw the ire. I'm really I'm proud of our chat tonight because I think Juwan. everybody's everybody's response to Juwan is exactly what it should be. <laughs> I think yeah, I think some people would not be able to get away with it, but I think he's uh, I think he's, I think he's earned, uh, yes. earned the right to. They should have let Juwan after like the first four minutes of the half just let him go go into Cook Hall, sit in the jacuzzi, light up a cigar, just chill, or just buddy. just pull the jacuzzi out yeah. kind of on the sideline. Yeah, and just, you know, you know, usually they have a a bike they can use on the side. No, just yeah. put a jacuzzi out there for Juwan. Let him jacuzzi and a cigar and just put Deron Davis in there as well. You guys just relax. <laughs> Oh, that's great. All right. Uh, coming up in our final segment, we'll hand out our game ball. Well, Andy and I will, because Ryan already killed the suspense for his. We'll hit any other storylines we haven't hit, like Clifton, Demizi, and Jake. And then in last call, we'll deliver our final thoughts. That's next on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms, and we are wrapping up our breakdown of Indiana's victory over Central Arkansas. And this is the time in the show when we always hand out our game balls. So coming into tonight, Jawan had earned four, Romeo had earned four, Duran had two, and Rob Finnessy had one. So let's see where we're going uh, with tonight's game balls. Ryan, you've already uh, given yours up. You are giving your game ball to Devontae. Yeah, I, don't like think, I, I honestly don't even think it's close. I think Romeo had a great game, but Devontae was the guy. See, Hold look, he played, he played a full game more than Romeo did, I thought. Uh, he played all 40 minutes. I thought Romeo struggled in the first half. Mm, I mean, but to say it's not close, then, you know, Romeo played a great I'm just saying, let's be careful that we don't take for granted what Romeo brings to the table because he was outstanding tonight. Um, Andy, who's your game ball choice? You're muted, Andy. 
Fair enough. I would really love to engage in some kind of debate with Ryan, just manufacture a debate, but I, I have to go with Devontae. Um, I, I thought especially with Finnessy, you know, going down to really be able to step in and have to, uh, you know, kind of assume, uh, you know, the point guard role, but also, you know, did a really good job of scoring, did a pretty good job taking care of the basketball. You know, I think, as you mentioned, one of the turnovers really came late um, that he had. So, you know, almost double-double, had six assists uh, and hit six threes. Um, I just thought he played really well. The four steals, uh, as you mentioned, I just thought he brought it on both ends and and seemed to be the, uh, yeah, between him and Romeo, I, I'll definitely lean toward him. If I had the deciding vote, I would give it to Devontae. I mean, he got my banner moment. He was awesome tonight. But I, I'm going to give my vote to Romeo, just kind of a, a dissenting vote, just because, look, again, I, I don't want us to take for granted all the great things he brings to the table. And Romeo was terrific um, tonight. And what I really liked from him as we mentioned before, early in the game, he was aggressive, but he was aggressive to get his teammates involved. And I thought that kind of harkened back to what he did the first few games of the season. In recent games, he hasn't really even been aggressive at all, looking for his own shot or helping to get his teammates involved. And I liked seeing that again from him tonight. So maybe he doesn't need to come out and look for his own shot to get the offense going. But if he's coming out being aggressive and looking to get other guys involved, I think that can really help the offense. So my vote for Romeo, but I think Devontae, a very deserving uh, recipient of tonight's game ball. So let's talk real quick about some of the guys who got in there at the end of the game, Andy. We saw Jake Forrester. You know, he had uh, six points in a row, I think, at one point. Um, you know, Clifton Moore was out there. Demise Anderson got out there. I thought, you know, not a lot really from Demise and Clifton. They were, you know, active. I mean, Clifton did have five rebounds. So, you know, what did you see from those guys? And did you see anything that suggests that they should be getting more playing time in closer, tighter games against better competition? I just don't really even know how you would translate anything from this game at the point in which they entered it to to be able to make any conclusion on that. I mean, I think... God bless you, Andy. I think... That's true. That being said, I think they should both start the next game. No, um, I, <laughs> no, I think that, um, you know, I think they're both kind of like, you know, activity, activity, you know, big guys where, you know, if they can come out and be, act I mean, that's, it's basically what Clifton Moore did against Penn State, right? He just came out there. It was really active. Some of it was good. Some of it not, but it was overall just really active. And I thought, yeah. you know, both, both Jake and Clifton kind of fit that bill as, you know, kind of energy big guys, you know, coming off the bench, which I think is really all anybody thought they would be coming into the season anyway. And so, you know, to be able to do that in this game, I don't know that it says a whole lot, but it's certainly a good experience for them. Archie had talked about wanting to get some of these guys in the game um, in those situations. So, you know, certainly nothing negative necessarily, but, um, but I just think they're athletically, you know, even as guys, toward the end of the bench from IU's perspective, they're, you know, pretty far superior and just kind of use that to, um, you know, really, you know, create some havoc around the basket. You know, Demise, I, I thought just kind of hunted shots a little bit while he was out there, but, you know, as a guy who's a shooter and, uh, and hadn't played in a while, I guess maybe that's not super surprising, but I just, that was kind of what I, I took away um, from his performance more than anything. Yeah, no, and you're totally right. It's hard to really take anything from the, the kind of minutes that they were getting out there. Ryan, did you see anything from from any of those three guys that's worth noting? I'll, I'll say I, I really liked how active they were in a game that was a blowout. Sometimes guys just look for dunks and they look for whatever, but Jake wanted to score and, and when he got the ball, but he wasn't, you know, you know, looking for ridiculous shots. He was getting into good position and finishing, and that's uh, that's positive. I mean, you know, it's it's nice to. Uh, see those guys get in and look like they have a plan. And Jake looked like he had a plan on offense. He was going to catch the ball. He was going to make a post move and he was going to score. Uh, Clifton still not looking great with his offensive sort of arsenal, but he had a nice finish on that, uh, on that shot that he banked. And then he also uh, did a really nice job uh, grabbing rebounds. So I thought that that both of those were positives to see, but yeah, of course you're not going to really determine much from this game. Uh, Zach Osterman tweeted, Archie Miller says Rob Finnessy is in concussion protocol. So that's what we all feared after the hit that he took to his head. You don't, you know, you don't really know what that means. I mean, you know, some guys recover quickly from concussions. Race Thompson has been out for now over a month, I think, uh, with a concussion. So we'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, Andy, you know, we saw what happens when you have a guard or two out earlier in the season. It, this is just, that is a spot on the floor where Indiana is just thin and, you know, in addition to the depth, Rob has just been such a rock so far for this team this year, even as a freshman. So 
there's no real use speculating too long on what it means if he's out, blah, blah, blah. We have assembly call radio that we can talk about that if we hear any more news about it. We'll have assembly call radio tomorrow night. But obviously, you know, any any time that he misses is going to be bad. But I will say, at least in terms of the timing, hopefully Indiana could get by Jacksonville without him. And then there's a nice long break after that where he, you know, can will be able to recover from this. So we'll just have to see what the long-term prognosis is. Yeah, the Illinois game is two weeks from tomorrow, um, from Thursday. So if you think about the next, you know, meaningful game, it would probably be that. So I guess if there's ever a, a good time to have something like that, I guess it it would this would be it. And you know, I, I it's hard for any of us to speculate on what that really means. Certainly, there are different tests that they'll, um, you know, kind of give him and and see and you know assess the severity of what's going on and how he how he responds and go from there. But, uh, you know, kind of like I said at the beginning, I think the way they've handled race Thompson, um, it, you know, certainly shows that they take this kind of stuff seriously and they're not going to rush anybody back. And um, so hopefully it, it turns out to be, uh, you know, relatively minor to the extent that head injuries can be minor and, and he's able to get back out there. But I do think from a timing perspective, it's not the uh, certainly not the worst uh, compared to, you know, when it could be. Yep. So we will have Assembly Call Radio tomorrow night and then obviously a post-game show after IU Jacksonville. Andy, do you want to say a word or two about Jacksonville? Is there anything? I think they're, are they sub 300 or are they hovering right around there? Uh, I think they're right around there. I believe they're playing Notre Dame either tonight or it might actually be tomorrow. Um, so, you know, they really have done... Uh, not too much of note have beaten uh, the best wins are over uh, South Alabama and Presbyterian so far uh, over the course of the season. And they Solid. Uh, lost to some pretty, lost to some pretty bad teams as well. They have one uh, coming into this. They lost their first four. They've won uh, seven of eight since then, but uh, you know, numbers wise, their offense ranks outside the top 300 and adjusted efficiency and the defense is outside the top 200. So um, really struggled to live in offensive rebounds. So, if IU uh, does miss shots, uh, you know, kind of look for that to be an area where they can take advantage. I assume that has a lot to do with the uh, a lack of size on on their team, which it certainly appears to be as really only one guy over 6'6 appears to be playing uh, any kind of appreciable minutes. So, um, uh, you know, I think certainly a pretty big height advantage for IU and uh, just need to, uh, you know, another one, try to take care of business and hopefully nobody gets nobody gets hurt this time around. But they do play at Notre Dame on Thursday. So a somewhat quick turnaround to uh, come down to Bloomington two days after that by the way uh indiana jumped up a couple of spots in ken palm after tonight's victory now ranked 22nd so that matches their ranking in the ap poll offensive efficiency is at 37th in the country defensive efficiency up to 18th so despite the the struggles at the start of the first half and the start of the second half overall the numbers were good enough to move the the defensive efficiency up a little bit there you are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Remember that because you're an Assembly Call listener, you get 15% off of your entire order at HoosierProud.com and HomeFieldApparel.com. So if you want officially licensed IU gear, go to HomeFieldApparel.com. And if you want one of our Assembly Call logo t-shirts or one of Hoosier Proud's unique Indiana-inspired designs, visit HoosierProud.com. And on both sides, use the promo code ASSEMBLY at checkout for 15% off your entire order. All right, gentlemen, it is time for last call. Final thoughts on tonight's victory over Central Arkansas. Ryan, hit leadoff. Uh, just a good win. I mean, to come out and and win by 33 and get some other guys involved and and the way that they held uh, Central Arkansas defensively uh, to just 31.3% was the big thing for me. I thought they really clamped down after that pretty poor first opening stretch. Uh, and, and it was nice just to see some other guys get involved. Nice to see Devonte kind of have a nice game. Nice to see Justin Smith have a good first half. Uh, and nice to see a night where Juwan Morgan could put it in cruise control and let the other guys win the game after he did pretty much everything for them on Saturday. So really a, a solid win for Indiana. This is, this is how these games should look. Uh, against these teams and you know there's really no complaints here they they were balanced they scored 43 points in both halves and you know probably could have hung 100 if they really wanted to but they didn't they wanted to get some other guys involved so i I just thought it was a solid win and this is what a program like indiana should be doing to a team like central arkansas andy last call yeah i think when you you look at games like this on the schedule you really try to figure out what the actual best case scenario of those games is And, and from my perspective uh, it's been able to to get guys playing time and confidence that may not have been able to build it up over the the other part of the season because we've all you know we kind of just got through a, a mini gauntlet if you will uh, of some of those games but pretty soon we're going to switch our attention to talking about the beginning of the Big Ten schedule which is um, you know 
as bad, if not worse than the, than the one that, you know, kind of just finished up in the, uh, in the early part of December. And so to see a guy like Devonte really play well, to see Justin put a, another decent performance up there, um, I think bodes well. And, and ultimately to me, when you look at games like this, that those are the kinds of things you want to get out of it. Um, you're able to work on some things and, and play well. And, you know, again, to kind of go back to the defense, I, I looked a little bit through the second half to try to look at possession. So first half, there was a stretch where uh, Central Arkansas went scoreless for 15 possessions. In the second half, there was a stretch of 13 straight possessions and 17 out of 18, um, you know, an 18 possession stretch where they scored one point. So again, some of that's, some of that's a talent disparity, but certainly you can't attribute everything to that. So I do think with the exception of those two, you know, rough patches to start each half, IU was really solid defensively and, and did some good things there. And that continues to be uh, a calling card. And, and I think you saw some additional positive signs offensively with guys like Devonte, uh, you know, shooting as well as he did and, uh, you know, continuing to really attack the basket um, and, and the ball movement that led to those assist numbers. So again, I think, you know, minus the fantasy injury, it's really the only thing that takes the shine off of uh, what was a game that you really got exactly what you wanted to out of it. Uh, so hopefully, quick recovery for him and he's able to be ready when the big 10 season resumes and uh, everybody can uh, get by without him on Saturday. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you know, despite the the rough starts to each half, a lot to like Indiana took care of business. I saw Mike Pegram tweet. Archie Miller says Rob Finnessy is in concussion protocol and he's moving forward expecting to be without him for a while. So I wouldn't, I don't know that I would read too much into that. I mean, it's a concussion. So, you know, Archie tends to be kind of a conservative coach. So I'm sure if he knows that, you know, that Rob's going to be out for a little while, he's going to prepare like that. So like we said, hopefully the time off is good, gets, you know, gets him a, an opportunity to get well before Illinois. Cause obviously when that gauntlet hits, uh, come January, we're going to need a guy like Rob Finnessy, but, uh, solid play tonight from Devonte Green. Nice to see the guys come back after the big emotional win against Butler take care of business and now hopefully they can do the same on Saturday against Jacksonville and then go enjoy some time off uh, and get ready for Big Ten play. All right, that'll do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. You can also subscribe to our podcast by searching for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you Thursday night and then Saturday after IU Jacksonville. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. Go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of the Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com slash support that lists five ways that you can support the Assembly Call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show, we appreciate it. Thank you. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. And now, the new Queen Sleep Number 360 P5 Smart Bed is only $17.99. Save $600. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client.